You're listening to Cherishing Scripture Podcast, a podcast that's changing society by cherishing Scripture. Why do you need to carry an amulet around in your pocket that says WWJD to remind you what Jesus would do? Isn't that the Holy Spirit's job? But it seems like a lot of men are trying to manufacture this difference as opposed to letting it naturally happen. Exactly. And the, exactly Bible, right. the Bible naturally changes people and makes them different. In debates, when you get in a debate with someone, you know that you've won the debate when they turn personal. Yeah. They're attacking these preachers that are standing for their liberty. And right. when they can't find anything biblically wrong with this person, they start picking out other things. Yep. And if you don't think that those two things can overpower and overtake you, you're pretending. Right. And now here's your hosts, Pastor Brad Bailey, Adam Capps, Zach Taylor, and Jeremy Boggs. Welcome back to another episode of Cherishing Scripture Podcast. I'm joined with our usual crew. We've got Adam Caps here, Pastor Brad Bailey on the end, and Zachary Taylor behind the sound booth. Look at that guy. Yeah, look at him. Just look at him. Yeah, Yarg. Yeah, okay. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. You got a Apparently, you can see my nose hair, so no, enjoy can. if you can. Yeah, it's all good. It's a nice sight. I made sure there was no boogies in it, though, so we're good. Yeah. Look, this is the first time we're trying this two cameras, so it's a little, um, if it, you know, I'm going to try to do the best I can to edit this right, but if it looks kind of funky, give us a little bit of break, so we're, we're trying to, we're trying it's to work it. going to look beautiful, just I'm, like you. Oh, thank you, Adam. I'm not going to lie. Like, right now, I feel like if I'm looking at you guys like I normally do, I'm like staring into the soul of the <laughs> audience. Viewer. So You will submit. You will submit, so... <laughs> Anyway, it's oh good gosh. to be here. Hopefully, I don't break this camera too soon, but we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Only time can tell. It's been a great Sunday, man. Pastor Bailey's message this morning, I enjoyed it. It's another where it's still continuing with David, um, and uh, it's just, I don't know. It's yeah. just been great, man. we got to pick up the pace. Yeah. Summer, winter, and fall. Yeah. With David. He ain't going to ever get done. <laughs> the summer with David. Right when I heard that, I said, hmm. That I'm ain't waiting. happening. I'm waiting. As soon as he's done, I'm giving everybody in the church a sticker that says, I survived the summer with David. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to do it. It's literally. Let's it's, do that. That'd be I, awesome. I, I, I walked outside today and it was a little cool. And I was like, man, cooler weather. Are we going to still be in the summer with David? And I looked on Twitter and sure enough, still in summer. <laughs> summer with David. So, <laughs> so I want to do, uh, but yes, Pastor Bailey, amazing, amazing message Enjoyed as it. always. Uh, church is always, it's always a blessing to come to church. It's probably one of the most things I look forward to the most through the whole week. Uh, I'm just ready to come back to here. So um, today I'm gonna, we're going to do something different. We're not going to jump right into the topic yet. I didn't mention this to you guys yet, but uh, and we may get in trouble for this. Well, I won't, but you guys maybe. But um, I want to do something new, maybe like a new little segment, if we want to call it that. I want to call it uh, In My Mind. Okay, so <laughs> listen, listen to where we go, okay? Okay. So this is where we would, um, instead of jumping right into the topic, maybe we'd get to our viewers to know that we are a lot more human. Um, and so I'm, I'm going to tell you guys a story of something that happened um, and where I kind of thought about it in my mind. And then based on that story, I would ask you guys if you had a similar story and your thought in your mind. Uh, it'll be kind of funny, but maybe not. You guys, so I have a question. Uh-oh. What if we're not actually human? Are you? Never mind. Okay. Go ahead. So, anyways, so here's a story. All right. Got my beard in my mouth, but I've had that happen. Yes, if that's your story. Yeah, I know. So this week, uh, Bible College uh, Monday night, we were riding. By the way, Tampa Theological Institute. You can uh, Google that and sign up. But we ttinstitute.org. I said I was riding to Bible College. And me and my brothers and sisters in a car, and Anna calls me, and she said she asked me if I was there yet, and I had told her no that I wasn't, and I said why, and she said uh, she said well I want you to come open the door for me, and I said and I told her I said who do I, who do I look like to you, <laughs> and it was a long pause for a minute, and she thought she was I don't know she sounded like she thought she was in trouble she's like well nobody, and I was like so I'm nobody, and I hang up the phone, so then she calls me back and I don't answer this is going somewhere. She calls me back, doesn't answer, I don't answer, and then I call her back. And then she goes, when she answers, she says, you know it's rude to hang up on your girlfriend. And I was like, I hung up on you? And she said, yeah. And I said, did it sound like this? And I clicked, and I hung up the phone. <laughs> oh my In goodness. my brothers, by the way, they were telling me to do this. In my mind, I thought this could be a bad idea. I knew that I would be in trouble if I did this. 
And sure enough, I was. I got death stares the whole entire Bible college night, even slumped a couple times. Um, so, here's my question for you guys. Have you ever pranked your wives or have done something where you thought in your mind this could be a bad idea, but you did it anyways? That doesn't sound like a prank, Jeremy. Mine was fun. I had fun. So. Pastor Bailey, I know you've got some good ones. Uh, <laughs> are we commenting on Jeremy's or are we just no talking feel like about our own? on Jeremy's. No, no I feel, here's my comment. Oh, jeez. We're going to Here it is. We'll start with Adam because I, I feel like he'd be in the last in trouble. I don't think that you're the hero of that story, Jeremy. I'm no, not going to lie. I feel bad for Anna. I'm on Hannah's side with this one. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, it's funny. Now your turn. Have hey, I ever pranked my wife? The best one. The best one that you've ever done where you knew you'd possibly get in trouble, but you... Did it anyways. Well, see, the thing is, unlike everybody else in this room, I really love my wife. <laughs> so, no, I am I am always the most kind-hearted and loving man, and I'm sure she would attest to that, and she's probably going to comment on this YouTube video. Wait, are we like, playing yes. Two Truths and a Lie? <laughs> Sorry. Maybe we should get I'm her. getting confused on the game. Let's are we playing Let's call her in right. my mind or Two Truths and a Lie? Because I'm, I'm starting to... We don't need to have her in the podcast, but okay. <laughs> somebody will get on her YouTube channel and comment that I'm telling the truth. Okay, so Adam's telling, telling the truth, doesn't prank his wife. Zach, what about you? Yeah, I prank my wife. The <laughs> <laughs> best one. The best one. Oh. To where you thought about you were possibly going to get in trouble, but you did it anyways. I mean, there's plenty. I, I don't know what would be the best. Look at him. He's so That's, like, <laughs> that's sweat, a difficult one. and nervous. No, nah, I'm best i mean my favorite pranks to do in general to people is pouring like iced water on them when they're in the hot shower oh, yeah. and just watching <laughs> them freak out i, I love to do that i think i'm that's pretty funny. sure there's a commandment against that somewhere it is it is hilarious um that's cruel other than that uh i have i mean i'm a i get scared very easily like i'm a very jumpy person mm-hmm. if someone if i see someone run down a hall hide around a corner and they <laughs> jump out and scream i still jump like that's just who i am uh but i've done stuff like that i've like jumped out scared her um i've played around like i've cut fingers off and stuff like that in the kitchen but <laughs> um, i mean i don't know what you, yeah I, so. I understand what about you pastor Best one you know you've ever I mean? done. Such a shame. You're number one. I can't tell you the best one because you know there's the time I convinced her she was drunk, <laughs> and that story's so long I can't. Isn't that the one that you got punched in the back of the head for? Yeah, I mean that's a long. Everybody knows that story. And then <laughs> there's other ones that I've had. You know, there's a time, just a, a more brief one. I prank her all the time. You know, I mean that's that's the truth. But. um you know, there was a time we had a waitress that really wasn't paying attention to us at, at a pizza hut. And I told my wife her name was Cheryl. I had no idea what her name was. And uh, so the next time the waitress came by and Shay called her name, Cheryl, the waitress just ignored us. And that made Shay even, even more angry. So she said, Cheryl. And she got more forceful <laughs> with her words. And I'm just sitting there eating my pizza, just enjoying the whole thing, you know. And she finally got really loud with her, Cheryl, really enunciating the, you know, the name and so forth. And so, yeah, I've pranked her a lot. And, um, uh, yeah, that that's actually a, in in counseling, they uh, encourage you not to do that. Oh, really? So much <laughs> to your wife. Because if you play too much, you, you, you know, it's kind of like the. See, I wouldn't say probably why I'm not Would, married yet. Yeah. See, with Jackie, well, I don't, married, you know? I don't I mean, really point, worry about... First of all, we need to point this out. There's only one person at this table that's not married. <laughs> yeah. And you hey, did the worst one of all and of us. I did the worst Now, I will say, like with Jackie, I don't really ever think, like, man, is this going to get me in trouble? I mean, I know she's a fiery Latina, so she's probably going to get mad about it anyway. She's probably <laughs> literally listening in the next room, rolling her eyes. because I'm saying waiting this. to come in here. But um, Just wait. I will say I have pranked Miss Shay several times, and I'm like, I'm going to get in trouble for this. <laughs> one time, yeah. I actually hid in you guys know the office well in her office there's a room right across that's where they keep all the records and a lot of the uh stuff uh different things like that and extra they used to put extra supplies and stuff in there well one time i hid in there with the light off uh wearing a black hoodie and she walked in and she turned and saw me out of the corner of her eye and I, I thought she was about to have a heart attack man, be glad she i bet you she hit man. you for that too didn't she? oh yeah yeah she punched yeah. me so yeah. 
And then I would hide and I'll like slap windows and stuff and be in like, or like hide under her desk. And when she comes in, jump out. Oh man. I love to prank people. So, (laughs) yeah. So, well, I I don't prank people that carry guns though. Yeah, I know. Well, that's how you get shot. But just when, so I thought it was a little fun thing to talk about, I guess, trying to figure out how much trouble we've ever been in or in your mind. Maybe we'll, Anna, we'll, if you're we'll listening, these, I'm sorry. We'll do I did not train episode. Jeremy to do that. <laughs> we Bad dogs. We'll do these every other episode or so where we just do it in yeah. your mind. What did you, you know, thought about it or something that you regret or whatever. We'll, just, we'll, we'll make it fun so you guys just get to know us uh, a little bit better. But um, we do, I also do want to make you guys aware that even though, uh, so we we've done a couple pretty controversy episodes the past two episodes yeah. um right. even though we may disagree with each other we still love each other that's right we we, we uh what stays in this room happens in this room and we don't take it out with us it just goes um, on the internet and it just goes on the internet and so we'd ask you guys to do the same thing even <laughs> though you may disagree may disagree with us um let's let's be respectful of each other we do care what your opinion is sure um, sure but we're not we don't we uh we're not going to beat you guys over the head and we expect the same respect as well yeah. so um absolutely especially about some of these shorts we've been releasing and that's another thing if you're watching the shorts but you're not going back and watching the actual podcast make sure you go back and actually watch the podcast because then it'll all make a lot more sense absolutely but um if you've enjoyed the episode so far go ahead and leave us a like comment and subscribe you can email us at info at brandaboutjustabernacle.com if you have any questions about our past topics we'd love to hear it but anyways we're going to finish up this topic about god hates shrimp um We've got a few more things we have to address, and then uh, we're going to move on. Um, so just to restate what this this argument is actually about, this uh, came off from a website, actually. Um, the argument is of GodHateShrimp.com is that we should not condemn homosexuality as a sin uh, on the Old Testament because the Old Testament also refers to eating certain foods as a sin as well. So if we're going to follow uh, certain abominations, they say we need to follow all of them. But... We have clear biblical evidence um, that that is not the case. Um, we actually, there are um, Bible verses in the Old Testament and New Testament that teach against homosexuality. Leviticus 18 tells us they shall not lie with another man as womankind because it's abomination. And Leviticus 20 addresses the same issue. In the, in the New Testament, we've talked about Romans last week, Romans right. chapter 1, 26. Uh, through 27 others even first corinthians uh, 6 9 which talks about know you not the righteousness unrighteousness shall not inherit the kingdom of god be not deceived neither fornicators nor idolaters nor adulterers uh, and then in there it lists it does talk about men being lovers of themselves or abusers uh, with mankind abusers of themselves so, with mankind. Um, all of that talks about uh, teaching against homosexuality both in the old testament and the new testament there are also uh, the argument of foods uh, which is addressed in our New Testament as well. In Mar- Mark chapter 7, um, Jesus is telling us that it's not what enters in the gut, but what's in the heart um, that addresses your sin. That's fifth cha- uh, chapter 7, 15 through 23. And then even in Acts 10, Paul or Peter is given a vision um, that talks about uh, not having uh, God lays before him as, as he, Peter gets hungry, and God puts a table out in front of him and says, eat. Peter says, no, those are unclean. And God says, don't say. What He says, um, right. it tells him, I have, don't, you can't call uncommon or unclean what I have called clean. Right. Um, well, and and so, it's not only that, but also remember, Paul uh, rebuked Peter in uh, Galatians, I believe it was, and said, hey, why is it when you're with the Gentiles, you eat with the Gentiles and eat yep, what right. the Gentiles eat, but when right. you're with the Jews, you shun the idea of eating what the Gentiles eat. Right. Right. And we and we and so we stated this in the previous podcast, and now this is our recap. We have Bible that tells us this is not our opinion. This is what this book tells us. Um, so, there's one question that I have for you guys that actually a viewer who's uh, is a member of our church as well um, talked about. He has the question for us. He says, well, "What about those parents who are good parents, attentive fathers, spiritual leaders, and teaching in their homes, yet still lose their child to the world system?" Um, and this is this is what he wrote to us. He says, "Hello, brothers." He says, "My wife and I raised our son to love the Lord Jesus Christ. He was a normal child, no tendencies." Um, uh, he said, "I try." He tells us that he doesn't like to use the word homosexual for a specific reason, which we won't talk about. He says, "He was raised well. It would go to bed and listen, and he would listen to scripture. 
Uh, when he started getting to middle school, he started noticing that these uh, the schools and these people were uh, indoctrinating him with these ungodly things. He says, we started seeing things like uh, BLM before people even knew about it. We started seeing mm-hmm. tendencies that we didn't know about. Um, and now he claims to be, and this is his word, a sodomite. He says, it wasn't for the lack of spiritual guidance or a father that made him to be infeminate. He says it was his peers and his schools that made him feel being a sodomite was cool and different. Uh, he took that, he bit the hook on his own. Uh, he also says that, uh, where was it? It used. He said it used to be um, child uh, were probably being molested or a lack of father, but in these days it's the indoctrination of the schools uh, that these we send our, skid, our kids to. He says more people than ever have claimed to be a sodomite, not because they are free to do so, but because it is now the cool thing or the end thing. Uh, he says it's hip. Um, he says it's in our televisions, it's in our movies, it's in our music. He says he doesn't hate sodomites than he does his own than he, any more than he does um, hate his own son. He says I I hate when they uh, when they do it to our children. Talking about the school and our culture and our country, uh, he tells us thank you for letting him speak. Um, and then in a text message, he probably says the same way we educate our kids against drugs and pedophiles, we need to educate them against their own schools, teachers, and peers. Um, so I want to open your guys. Uh, open it up and give you guys what you guys think about this the cultural influence instead of a uh, a home influence and any of you guys can answer that i know it's a lot of information but yeah um uh, i i mentioned it to you a little bit jeremy and I'll, I'll reiterate the same things how i believe um because it, it is how he mentioned you know the drugs teacher stuff of that nature i, I will say um i did grew up in a pastor's home and my dad uh you know trained me and taught against drugs and alcohol he actually came from that lifestyle so he had a reason uh he had from experience knew why you shouldn't uh but then still at the same time when i got into middle school and high school uh, it was a cool thing to smoke and drink and do those things so uh, even though i had been trained against it uh, and I have a great father. Uh, my dad is very involved. He always has been. He's very instructive, uh, loves the Lord. And um, I still chose to do those things. Uh, so I will say uh, I believe most instances, and I say most as more than 50%, so the majority of instances I do believe to be a the lack of a father figure um, and I'm not saying that this is all cases because uh, there are instances where young men are raised by moms or they're raised with all sisters uh, and a mom and they start to have more effeminate tendencies. I, b- I believe people, I mentioned before, I think people struggle with different things. Uh, so um, I think that that's the majority is ones that either have a fatherless home, in my opinion. Uh, but I do believe that uh, saying that all comes from a fatherless home or from molestation also kind of neglects the idea of every man having a free will. Because right. then the idea is you're a product of the way you're raised. Uh, and if that's the case, uh, then as Pastor Bailey said in his own words, he should be an axe murderer and an alcoholic. So I believe that there is a free will to it. Um, everyone has a decision to be made. And sometimes, even with good parents, uh, student or children can make the wrong decisions. Mm-hmm. So that's that's how I feel about the situation. Yeah. Yeah. You know, sadly, I, th- I think he's right. Um, I think you're right, Zach, and and um, and this dear brother who uh, has the son that's in this situation. I think he's right. Also, there is a uh, a pressure and an influence. Uh, the proof of that when you work with young people. It, it becomes more vivid when you understand at how young of an age uh, homosexuality is being exalted in their life and how, how young they are when they're being indoctrinated by uh, people who are saying, look, you, it's not even important right now for you to choose a gender. Uh, we, we've had problems with students as early as the third and fourth grade um, who have parents who are telling them, it is not certain yet what gender you are. 
and uh, and so yes it does come uh, from external influences uh, the exaltation of the sin of homosexuality in today's world is off the scale there's there's never been a time that I've been alive when um, homosexual homosexuality has become heroic and I think we talked about this maybe last time you know we've got the uh, Bruce Jenner situation where Bruce Jenner you know did the gender reassignment and, and became Caitlyn Jenner and uh, Bruce Jenner was a gold medalist in the in the Olympics uh, track and field and so many other sports uh, just you know, a, a man's man a very masculine man a very athletic man and then all of a sudden this culture begins to awaken some of the thoughts that that some of these young men have had uh, in their lives in which they think that um, you know they're a woman trapped in a man's body and uh, you know that is what the scripture calls effeminate and uh, it says that such were some of you you know so that this person can be saved this person can be born again um, but going back to the question you know is it nature is it nurture you know um, I, I don't have a problem saying that the culture of today is creating uh, a heroism for homosexuals. Mm-hmm. If you come out of the closet as a homosexual, you are automatically exalted into a position of of courage and example and so on and so forth. And so uh, we have you know this ministry that we do here in our church where we reach out to, to children in the community and um, you know a lot of those children are, and when I say children, that's what I mean. They are children, and they are struggling with their with gender issues. They're struggling with issues of whether or not they're male or female, whether whether or not they want to be masculine or feminine. And it's a very complicated thing. It's a very very complicated thing. I was counseling a gay man one time, and and um, uh, he and his boyfriend were breaking up. And I want to see if I can remember the story and get the story right. Uh, of course, you understand homosexuality is when a man is attracted to another man, and so um, some of these gay men are very effeminate, and so they become unattractive to homosexuals when they become effeminate. Mm-hmm. And so this man was breaking up with this other man because he was acting too much like a girl. Um, and so it's it's confusing. It's it's very confusing. It's very very confusing to right. you know for for the straight hetero, heterosexual Christian male. It's hard sometimes to wrap your mind around some of these things, but there's a dynamic there that certainly is advocated in society, and this dear brother's son, uh, he needs a lot of prayer. Uh, he needs deliverance from this situation, and uh, um, it's not an easy road. No. It is not an easy road. You know, when I was taking child psychology, I was taught that there were certain signs that you have to look for. Um if a boy is playing with a doll, that doesn't, that's not one of the signs. Um, if a boy has a lisp, you know, Dr. Tony Evans with the Urban Alternative his whole life, he's battled with a lisp. Mm-hmm. And he confessed one time that uh, when he was in high school, he was given a hard time. Uh, you know, people called him funny names and people called him, you know, queer or this or that because he had a lisp in his, in his voice. And you can still hear that lisp today. That's not... Absolutely not a sign of it. I'd like to uh, see somebody call Mike Tyson a queer. Big yeah, time. Yeah. That's right. They, they'd get a, they'd get a uh, get knuckle out. sandwich on that for sure. <laughs> mm. uh, but that type of language coming from someone else who doesn't have the masculinity that Mike Tyson has, sometimes it becomes a point of accusation. Mm. And uh, But when it is when boys begin to, um, to have a, a combination of different things, but one of the sure signs – is when they are young and they want to wear girls' clothes. They want to, you know, try on their sister's underwear or they want to try on their sister's dress or they want to use some of their some of their mother's makeup or things of that nature. Those are some of the sure signs that there are some tendencies there that need to be addressed and need to be addressed immediately. And I want to add to that part there because there was some confusion, um, again, based off not, not watching the full podcast the last time, we are not talking about playing dress up with your siblings or playing house with your siblings, but purposely uh, dressing up in like what like what Pastor just described um, is what we're talking about. I right. don't think any of us in here are against. Uh, and you mentioned Adam that your sons play with your sisters or their sisters, yep. and I did the same thing with my sister before my other sister was born. 
Um, and we either, my parents either stopped it or we lost right. interest because we're boys. Yeah, my, my daughter loves dressing up her brothers and her little sister and stuff. And I have seen her dress up both of her little brothers in dresses and they think it's hysterical and they laugh about it and stuff. <laughs> and I mean, it is kind of funny, but that's where I draw the line. I draw the line really far away. The line is, I don't care if you're playing around, don't do it. You know, yeah. and that way, that way, um, I don't have to draw the line at, no, you shouldn't wear girls' clothes even though you think, you know, you should. I don't have to draw the line there because I drew the line way back here where, no, just don't do it even if it's fun. Right. Now, Adam, what do you think? We haven't heard your thoughts yet about this this comment. Um, here's what I think. I'm responsible for everything that happens in my home. I'm responsible for everything that happens with my children. Everything. Even things that I feel may have been out of my control. And that will never change. Mm -hmm. I was told by a very wise man one time. I, I, I know a person I'm very close to, in a way, with a similar story to that. And I, and I was just, I, I couldn't wrap my mind around it. And I asked a, a wise man one time, you know, when the Bible says, when there was a, the proverb of, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he won't depart from it. Depart, right. um, well, how do you how do you come to terms with that when somebody, based on everything you know, was trained up the way that you you thought was best? Mm -hmm. It's really hard to come to terms with that. And what he told me, um, and I don't agree with it. He is a very very wise man, but I don't agree with what he said. He said that well, that's just a principle. Yeah, and so therefore not like a biblical law. It's a biblical principle, and there's a difference that should be observed there. I don't, I'm not nearly as wise as this man, mm. but I still kind of disagree. Um, first of all, in that it says in the way he should go. Right. And so as a parent, we need to acknowledge that our children are different than us. And this has been a really big struggle for me lately because I, I rely on um, my past thoughts as a child in order to determine what my children are thinking, right? But that's not always going to work because my children are not me. Right, they're, they're, they're partially me, and some of them think more like me than other one of them do, and some of them think more like Sharon. Some of them think completely different. Sometimes they think things that I've never thought in my mind. Um, and this is where it comes down to being an attentive thought father. Here's one thing that everybody should understand if you're going to have a kid. The kid's baseline default is... My dad is the greatest ever. He will eventually lose that, mm -hmm. okay? And if he loses that by accident, it's going to be far worse than if you make sure he loses that in an appropriate, healthy way. My children, if you brought them in and you ask each one of them, hey, is daddy perfect? They're going to say no. Say, Does dad do wrong things sometimes? They're going to say all the time. <laughs> when I was a kid, that's not something that was acknowledged. Yeah. Well, and I'm glad you said the Proverbs thing, though, because but also Proverbs does state almost I wouldn't say entirely the opposite but Proverbs there's verses in Proverbs Proverbs 15 5 a foolish a fool despises his father's instructions okay so for him to have to say this that means somebody had to do this sure uh, Proverbs 30 11, there is a generation that curseth their fathers that's right and doth not bless their mothers Proverbs 19 26 he that wasteth his father and chaseth away his mother is a son that causes shame and bringeth reproach. So this, this, even Jesus, Jesus said, And the brothers shall deliver up the brothers into death, and the fathers to the child, and the child to rise up against their parents, and cause them to be put to death. Talking about the end times. Um, so, how, I just, I'm not disagreeing. Sure. But at the same time, I, I just, I could see where this brother is coming from. So let me address that if I can, mm -hmm. real quick. Um, yeah, all of those, you're exactly right. What it really comes down to is everybody's responsible for their own choices. And um, this man's son, that's that's the where he's at. Right. He's not going to be able to stand before God and say, oh, but, you know, my dad, my, my dad or my teachers at school or the friends at school. That's not how it works. Right. Everybody's responsible for their own decision. But for the sake of education of anybody who's listening, I think it's important for, I think it's far more important for every man to take responsibility for things that happen in their home, even if it's not something that they could have prevented or controlled. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Can I say something as well? I, I, I know the man that you're talking about. He's a great guy, really nice man. Um, but and I, I think Adam, you're gonna like this more so than uh, others, maybe. But 
I think one of the biggest things is, and I've talked to parents about this, uh, back in the late 1900s, 90s, 80s, around then, uh, the Democrats made a very avid push uh, to stop fighting certain battles, but rather they tried to take over two things. That was the schools and the news networks. Mm -hmm. And through those, they're really able to control the minds of people uh, because from a young age, they're training these kids uh, with a thought process. Now, what I believe in a perfect world uh, would be Christian parents raising their young people in either a Christian school or homeschool uh, environment. Uh, I know, Adam, you're more on the homeschool board. Uh, we do have a Christian school here. Uh, so I will say that I believe that's a perfect environment. And I say this not only from what I've researched, but also from experience. I have numerous uh, young people. I have a young man right now that I'm working with and love the kid to death. Uh, and I remember when he was uh, here, I, I talked to his family. And I said, you know, I understand the situation, but I really wish you didn't have to put him in a public school because putting him in a public school uh, is really, you know, it's going to hurt him. And I know it is. And that, that's me speaking from experience. Uh, but uh, they, they ended up putting him in there because financially they couldn't afford the private school. Long story short, the young man's back in the school now, and he's doing better, but he's nowhere near what he used to be. And the reason for that is he even mentioned this. The young man mentioned this in his own words. He said, when I went to public school, almost got thrown to the wolves. And he's like, in order to survive, he's like, I was made fun of. I was laughed at for the way I acted and behaved. I was so much different than other kids. He's like, for the, the way for me to survive was to become like them. Yeah. And I think that in a public school today, even if you're a Christian, even if your parents raise you correctly, the only way kids feel like they can fit in, which is a complex that all young people have, they feel the need to be wanted and to be uh, in, uh, quote unquote. And in this, they acclimate and they do things that uh, maybe they think are harmless and it ends up affecting them in a big way. Well, I... I'm, and I'm I'm gonna kind of uh, disagree in a little bit of a spot. I don't think <laughs> I don't think uh, private school is an answer. Um, just like public school is not an answer, because there are kids in private schools that turn out just as wicked as kids that, that are is in private exactly or in right, public Jeremy. schools. Um, I do think there is a benefit, absolutely. Um, but I mean, I I know kid I know one a person personally who uh, went to a Bible elementary school, a, a private Christian Bible school. Uh, elementary all the way up through college years and and has nothing to do with the faith i'd like to address it if i can um i think that it's real easy to start blaming the way it was schooled this person that i know that's a, a homosexual now was homeschooled all the way through you know people that were in christian school that are every bit as bad as anybody coming out of public school i don't think it's an issue of their of of who is influencing them i think it's an issue of why why is dad's influence so much less than the kids that they're with every day? So that's what I'm saying. By default, the only influence that matters to a kid is their parents. By default. They gradually care more and more about other people's influences, and that has a lot to do with losing care about their parents' influence. If I notice at some point in my children's life that they value somebody else's influence more than my own, I'm going straight up to red alert. If what I'm saying holds less value than their friends do, I'm at red alert at that point because they they could be telling my child anything. Right. And here's the thing, right? Here's I've always said this. Education is synonymous with indoctrination, and that's what you were talking about, indoctrination earlier, right? If education is synonymous with indoctrination, it's really important how you get educated. And in my opinion, that's the reason why, I mean, I was homeschooled and why I'm going to homeschool my children is because if anybody's indoctrinating my kids, I'm going to indoctrinate my kids. You know what? I'm going to indoctrinate them in the most balanced way I can so that they're able to make decisions as they get older and know why they believe what they believe. Mm -hmm. But I'm not going to let somebody I don't know indoctrinate my children. They could tell them anything. Yeah. And, and Pastor, what do you think? I mean, you've dealt with kids ever since you've been in the whole entire ministry, you have kids of your own. And well, you know, the first time I was exposed to uh, homosexuality was when I was um, in the state of California as a, a teenager in junior high school. California? Yeah. No. And um, when I was there, uh, we, we had a biology teacher. His name was Mr. Stewart. 
and uh, Mr. Stewart, on the first day of class, he was going down through a list of rules, and he was saying, okay, no tardiness, and your homework has to be turned in on time, so on and so forth. And then he got to the very end of it, and he said, and I will not tolerate off-color jokes, off-color language, especially about the homosexual lifestyle. He said, I will not permit boys in our class to call other boys a fag or a pansy or things of that nature. He said, folks, I'm going to tell you right now, I am gay. And he said, that is very offensive to me. And he said, I have fought the battle of homosexuality my whole life. Uh, of course, for him, that would have been through the 60s and through the 70s and and then finally coming to a place where it was open and embraced. So that was one of the first times I was blown away having having been born and raised in South Georgia and being exposed to that in such an open way was uh, it, it was um, I, I don't know what to call it. I was very shocking for me. Mm. Uh, but I looked around at my fellow students and they were celebrating this with him. You know, thank you, Mr. Stewart, for your bravery. Thank you, Mr. Stewart. And later he was actually fired from the school. Um, I'm not ex- exactly sure what all the details were, but it had something to do with he, he had become too militant about his homosexual lifestyle and making sure that it was displayed in front of the eyes of students. And so the school board ruled that the sexuality of a teacher is not something to be talking, not something to be discussed and talked about in front of students, whether it's heterosexual or homosexual. So then um, after that, you know, one of my second exposures to homosexuality was an uncle. He was one of the, one of the best uncles I had. Uh, spent a lot of time with us. Uh, he, we used to go golfing together and things of that nature when I was a teenager. He was never inappropriate. He was never indecent. Um, but when he came out to me and told me that he was homosexual, um, something inside of me as a born-again believer, I was very young, but as a born-again believer, Something inside of me said, this just is not right. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, I could not bring myself to hate my uncle. I mean, he had, he had been a very kind person to me. So I couldn't bring myself necessarily to hate my uncle. But that lifestyle, whether we like it or not, that lifestyle is a celebrated lifestyle. It is an exalted lifestyle that people are uh, raising to the position of uh, uh, of immense immense celebrity status and so uh you know i know we don't have a whole lot of time to talk about here in this segment but um uh, if kids are going to be homeschooled i certainly approve of that i certainly have an appreciation for that um that's not what i'm worried about it is what i worry about is the notion that if you homeschool your kids that immunizes them from this particular sin and there is uh, there's no um, uh, there is no way to make that guarantee because as you have said, uh, I've seen kids graduate from high school from Christian high school and go into full on homosexuality. We've had we have we've had kids graduate from our school that are now open out of the closet homosexuals, and so uh, I'm certain that Christian school does not immunize them from it, and I'm also certain. Uh, you know, from my own experience and seeing things happen in, in other people's lives, that um, uh, them being homeschooled is not going to immunize them from it either. That's right. There's got to be some uh, exposure slash explanation. Right. And that's what I've tried to do with my children. Uh, I have not hidden it from their eyes. But when an occasion happens that uh, it is openly seen by my children, whether that be in the grocery store, which is not uncommon, mm-hmm. or that be at the ball game, which is not uncommon, or that be on the television on the Disney Channel, which sadly is not uncommon. Right. Um, I try to explain to them this is this is the sin that the Bible speaks of, yeah, and uh, and help them understand as much as I can about it, and so that they know that. Uh, it could be dangerous. Yeah, and uh, I know because we're on time, so I, we, there's a lot we could say. We got uh, just to kind of move it on. I think it's safe that to say we all do agree on uh, on at least a few things. One, we do think it's a father issue, yeah, and a parenting mm-hmm. issue. Yeah, I agree um, with that. And then we, it, I think we can, based off what we talked about today, culture does have somewhat of an influence. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like we said before in the beginning, you're. A, it is your you, the world looks at you as a hero if you come out as 
bisexual, homosexual, right. whatever. They're even making Superman. Just this week alone, I saw on Twitter, I, I shared with you guys, uh, there was a tweet that Superman is now bi. <laughs> okay. And, um, and so now, some, I mean, comments, people... Well, who's are, the Marvel guy that uh, just did? they did the series and they're suspicious now whether or not... Oh, that, Loki. Yeah, Loki. Yeah. So... Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. it's, it is being forced. I mean, and it was funny because I was reading some of what these people were saying on Twitter and they were like, dude, when I was a kid, I wasn't even, I didn't even worry about what, what gender or what his sexual preference was as a superhero. All I cared was it's he was kicking the back yeah. of his butt. Um, yeah. and then also, um, you know, of course with the potato head thing, they didn't remove Mr. That Mr. And Mrs. Potato is still a thing, but they removed Mr. From the name of the company, um, to be, to be a more gender neutral um, Disney Plus has uh, the top 10, top 20 uh, LGBTQ movies to watch. Um, yeah. There's a list of those. Yeah. Um, so culture does have a big impact. Um, and being a, a good parent could help possibly stop that. I don't think isolation is going to be a complete answer. Like you said, Pastor, you're, you're, you're going to have to explain. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I agree. I, because we're getting short on time, let's see if we can wrap it up. I do want to finish this in this episode. I don't want to, we don't want to continue mm-hmm. it. But, Pastor, you probably would be the best to explain this. And we just experienced this in our comments lately. Why are people so quick to jump to the conclusion that we are jump to we are judging them, but we're really stating what the Bible says. You know that's always been the case. Um, any any time, well, first of all, there is a built-in offensiveness to God's word. Uh, God's word is intended to be uh, an offensive uh, document because right. um, a sinner has to be confronted with their sin, and uh, you could you could read John three sixteen. And some people are going to be offended mm-hmm. because it insinuates that you must be saved. Well, saved from what? Saved from your sin. Well, what sin are you talking about? And then you got to get personal with them. Yeah. And so God's word has always had an offensive accent to it, and it's uh, it's sad that it has become even more offensive today than I, of course, than I've ever seen it in my entire life. I've never been more uh, more exposed to hatred of God's word than what we are experiencing today. And this is in my own family. Um, you know, I have relatives who uh, will absolutely have nothing to do with us because um, they just assume that we're going to hate them. Yeah, They just assume that. They've never heard me say that, of course. But they just assume that we're going to hate them and, and that we're going to disapprove of their lifestyle. So it, it's a it's a one of those rubs where you just you, you know it's 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 very abrasive it's very um it's very um uh condemning of the sinful lifestyle uh but it is god's word you know we can't we can't abandon it because it's become offensive we have to be instant in season and out of season and right now it's out of season yeah but um yeah, uh, like- the word is is still the word it's like uh, we we've become experts on Galatians now. I keep referencing in my Sunday schools, and I've heard you yeah. guys as well. But sure. remember, and when Paul said, talking about circumcision, if you allow circumcision, um, is has the cross lost its defense? Right. And so the cross is supposed to be offensive. Yeah. Right? And same book he asked. He said, "Am I become your enemy because I've told you the truth?" Exactly. That's exactly and, right. And we may have we may have made some enemies. Um, I don't know if you guys look at any Jordan Peterson's content, but he was in um, an interview with this real piece of work out in um, out in the UK, and she asked him a very silly question. She asked, "What gives you the right to be offensive?" And his response was just gold. And I think it applies directly to the Word of God. What he said was, "To be able to think, you have to risk being offended or being offensive." That's right. And the word of God requires yeah, thought. You can't just read it and absorb it via osmosis. You have to be able to think. And if you want to be able to think, you have to risk being offended. So, yeah. And it, so I love that great response. I think that is something the viewers need to hear. You know, yeah. we, we don't, we may throw our opinion in, here, in these episodes every once in a while, but we are, this podcast is based on this Bible. That's right. Sure. Um, the ultimate authority. The ultimate authority. And then last thing we need to address and I've been waiting for this, is food. All right? Why are we allowed to now eat the foods that were condemned in the Old Testament? Zach, we haven't heard much from you. You want to do this one? 
Uh, well, are you asking me? Because he's an expert on condensed food. <laughs> I'm no, an expert I'm just saying, on food. Zach, he eats shrimp way, and donuts and shrimp Zach, donuts and everything. Zach is a really shrimp good. Donuts. Zach is a good cook. I've had some of his. Yes, food. he is very good. Um, he does good. So we'll see. I actually have a sign in my house that says, "Don't trust a skinny cook." That's right. right. It's because so. my wife's never in the kitchen. So, yeah, <laughs> that's why I'm. <laughs> Sounds uh, like a cookout. So anyway, no. Um, okay. Long story short, you mentioned it. Uh, Jesus in the New Testament. Uh, said that don't call what I have called clean, unclean, or common, uncommon. Uh, he he also, once again, Paul rebuked uh, Peter. So we have all these biblical uh, points where it is. And, and I think the biggest point of it was, uh, and, and kind of more of an application thing, but if you remember in the Old Testament, in order for a Gentile to... Uh, I don't want to say get saved because that's not the right terminology. But to become a Jew, they had to go through the Jews. Uh, but then Jesus, when he came and died, he made salvation for all. Right. And, and I think if Christ wanted the dietary standards to remain intact in the New Testament, uh, especially when he's reaching a people who have never had the same dietary standards, I think he would have specified it Absolutely. personally. And because he went to Gentiles who ate things... And he did mention, you know, he mentioned other aspects where if eating a meat offends your brother, then don't eat it so you don't offend your brother. Uh, talking about because Gentiles were known for eating meat sacrificed to idols, and one that was newly saved might not want to eat that because of that. But I don't, I don't think you can't find almost every law in uh, that is mentioned in the Old Testament. Most of them are carried over into the New Testament. Uh, the dietary standard, however, is not. Uh, it's one of those over. things that separated the Jew from the Gentile. Exactly. And the thing that we still have to recognize is that, well, we still are different from the Jews. That's right. We're still right. Gentiles, and there's still a difference. And yes. a lot of people don't understand that. And there's That's a lot right. of really bad doctrine out there because people don't understand that there's a difference between Jews and Gentiles. And, you know, whether these people feel like they need to apply, I mean, use these laws. You know, that's up to them being a Jew. Some of them do, some of them don't. Mm -hmm. um, the issue with Peter and Paul was that Peter was doing it hypocritically. He would only eat the Jew, the meat that the you know, Jews allowed when he was with Jews. But then if he was with Gentiles, he would eat their meats. Right. So that was a little hypocritical. Yeah, exactly. The idea is that there's still a difference between the two. You know, the the, the laws were for the Jews. Right, that's exactly. And yeah, and that's my point. It's, um, it kind of, I mentioned it before, I actually know a lady back home who still lives by the dietary standards of the Old Testament, mm -hmm. and she's a very healthy individual. Yeah, I bet and she is. She says that because she says the reason I am so healthy is because I don't eat a lot of the junk that pork other people eat. You know, yeah. she said Bacon. I stay away from those things, and she does abide by the military by the uh, dietary standards that are mentioned in the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. But I don't think it's necessarily a sin to. And I think yeah. a lot of times people, uh, when they feel like they're being attacked, they often try to find the smallest yeah. uh, reasons to point out why what right. they're doing is not necessarily wrong. I heard uh, one, and this one kind of upset me on Twitter, you know, when they were like, they pulled out a verse where it said, uh, David, you know, he loved Jonathan more than uh, any woman or whatever, yeah. however the verse states women, it. Yeah. And they're like, I can't wait till these critical people get to heaven and realize that da their King David was a homosexual. And it's yeah. like, it's like did you there, there's always the instances the like that. And, yeah. yeah, there's always instances That's like outrageous. that. But long story short, I think if Christ wanted the dietary standards to remain intact for the Gentiles, mm -hmm. he would have mentioned it. Yeah, he yeah. would have. Because in the Old Testament, um, Pastor, you may know a little more about it. Uh, and I mean, I know we're running short on time, but... Uh, there was a very specific process the Gentiles had to go through to become a proselyte mm -hmm. Jew. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And then once they became a Jew, they had to live by those same yeah. standards and sacraments and all that. But once they were a, uh, once they were saved in the New Testament, they weren't required to adhere True. to all these sacraments and dietary standards. Yeah, and I, and I would just add very quickly as a footnote, the dietary standard has now been changed twice. Because in the antediluvian day before the flood, everyone was vegetarian. Right. That's exactly right. No right. meat consumption whatsoever. Yeah. No carnivore animals, no carnivore humans, no meat consumption. And then after the flood, there was meat consumption. And then when the, in the, with the advent of the law, 
they limited it down to certain meats because they were discovering that some of those meats were unhealthy. And God said, okay, let me tell you why they're unhealthy. Because they're bottom feeders, because they're shellfish, or because they're pigs. And and so God placed those limitations on them during the Exodus period, uh, the Levitical law. And, uh, and so that was... Uh, uh, a wise way to eat, but when we come into the New Testament, we're talking about the national identity of the Jews being uh, secluded to that dietary identification, and that identification was regional mm. because there are certain things that are going to be on that continent right. that are not available on the American continent, and certain right. things on the American continent not available on the on the Asian continent. And we so, got bacon-wrapped shrimp here. Right, exactly. Yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah. yeah Stuffed with these. crab sometimes. <laughs> yeah. uh, a coworker of mine introduced me to this new recipe. They're called um, they're they're called pig shots. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of them. I don't know, but it sounds delicious. It sounds gross. They, uh, what? <laughs> that sounds well, gross. What it is, is it's it's a bot. It's like a half inch of sausage, and then you wrap the bacon around yeah. it and stick a um, a thing so it's like a miniature shot glass. But you fill it up with like cream cheese and like other cheese, and you smoke it for a certain amount of time. Best thing ever. We made oh, it at man. work. Oh man. Oh no, yeah, I've seen that. They actually had some in the get barbecue. Thing I was thinking some about of those it. Yeah. But, but anyway. I think the best way to sum it up, the food part, is that the like we said, we you guys said before, the law was to make the Jews or certain the Jews different. Mm-hmm. And when Jesus Christ arrived on the scene, he is what now made us different. All that stuff passed yeah. passed away. Yeah, uh, you know, Paul, and, and you know what? And it needed to. And it needed to. I mean, right. those dietary laws can be so exaggerated, mm-hmm. and they were exaggerated by the Pharisees. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, a lot it, of the other a, laws were too. It's externals. It's it, we go externals, back again to the exactly. you know back to Galatians. It's an external thing. And and Paul's, you know, you know we talked about this again in, in Galatians. Paul says, if look, if you want to stay under the law, then you can stay under the law. But we are free in Christ. Yeah, and uh, we're not under that schoolmaster anymore. Yeah. We're not the we're not the uh, what he call her um, the bondmaid. Uh, we're we're free. Yeah, um, and so um, Jesus paid it all. And, and and look, if and if you don't know Christ as your Savior, uh, and you want that that freedom that we experience that we talk about constantly in Christ, um, I'd encourage you to get to know Him. It, it's it's we are at the end, and if He comes back, and you are uncertain. Or you don't know him, and that trumpet sounds, you will be left behind, and it's internally too, or it's it's too late. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, that sums up our episode, guys. We talked, to, guys. We talked about uh, finished up our masculinity talk, and we did some foods. Um, so I just wanted to tell you guys, like, comment, and subscribe. If you enjoyed this episode, email us. If you have questions, look, we are not opposed to your questions. Uh, it's info at brandonbaptisttabernacle.com. Um, you can find us on YouTube, and of course, we have almost all of your podcast listening sites. We made it to three more, guys. By the way, we're now on iHeartRadio. Oh wow! We are now on uh, Amazon Music, and we are nice. now on TuneIn Radio. So um, you can also, if you listen to those, you can listen on there as well. Um, and that, uh, thanks for listening to Cherishing Scripture podcast. Yep.